Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Let me give you some foundational scriptures on the subject of the anointing, and then we'll go from there. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. It's a scroll. So he opened the book and he found the place where it was written. So he found this place. So he is now taking the Logos word, which was written. And now he is turning into a rhema word for the moment. He is speaking it and he is activating it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Why is it that after he read it and he sat down, everybody's kind of looking at him? Because there was something different. Many had read that scripture before, maybe in the synagogue. Others had opened and quoted that prophecy of Isaiah. But this time it was not just quoting a prophecy of Isaiah. It was the one who was talked about there, standing, the anointed one, reading it. And so when he read it, there, was, there, there must have been, I know, and I've, and I've read this and I've, and I've meditated on this. I know, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the moment he read this, the moment he spoke this, the anointing he's talking about was released and there was something in the atmosphere. People felt the anointing in the atmosphere. Even though he went and sat down, everybody was looking at him because there was now something different because the anointing draws attention. The anointing attracts attention. So now the attention of everyone is upon him. They're looking at him because of the anointing. Not just the words that he spoke, not just the words that he read, but the way he read it and what was released the moment he read it was the anointing upon him and everybody's staring at him. And then he speaks again now that he has their attention. He began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What I just read to you has been fulfilled. Amen. Amen. Now, this is the key. I talked to you about being fulfilled or fulfilling what God's called you to do. You cannot fulfill what God's called you to do without the anointing. And what he declared is his ministry. The anointing is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. What is the anointing? The anointing is the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He is everywhere all the time, but he's not necessarily manifesting his presence. He only manifests his presence when there is someone that places a demand by faith on the anointing. So the anointing is there. But now when the anointing is actively working, actively visible, actively producing results, actively doing something, then it's manifested for all to see, for all to feel, 
for all to experience. So the anointing is the Holy Spirit at work. The anointing is the Holy Spirit at work. So what he's saying is the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, but it doesn't just stop there because he has anointed me to work, to do something. The Holy Spirit has empowered me to do something, to preach the gospel to the poor. Sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable or favorable year of the Lord or God's grace. So he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Because of the anointing, now what you read here can be fulfilled. And even today it is fulfilled. The anointing is upon me to do all of these things. To heal, to set free, to preach, to proclaim, and to change people's lives. Amen. So all who bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Now this is the problem here. They're trying to now rationalize in their mind what's going on here. They're looking at the package. Is this not Joseph's son? Remember where he is. He is in Nazareth where he had been brought up. At the synagogue that he had gone to many times before. But now, and I'm sure he probably read scriptures there many times before. But now something is different. And I'm sure that everybody's looking at this, this Jesus of Nazareth and Wow, there's something different about him now. What is different about him? What is different about him is right before he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. He came to where John was baptizing in the River Jordan. And when he came up out of the waters, the Bible says that the heavens opened up and the Father spoke out of heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then the Spirit of the Lord came like a dove. It was not a bird. A bird didn't come and land on his shoulder. Bible says that Spirit of the Lord came upon him like a dove. So something just kind of flying down, landing upon him. And at that moment, he was also anointed by the Holy Spirit. Then he goes and he's tested for 40 days in the wilderness. And he comes out empowered by the Spirit. So he came to Nazareth where he was brought up, right? How did he come? He returned in the power of the Holy Spirit to Galilee. And the news went all about it throughout the region. The anointing is a supernatural advertisement. So many people are trying to promote themselves, promote their ministries, promote their businesses. But the anointing will promote you supernaturally. All you have to do is yield to the anointing. What you need is the anointing. What you need is the power of God. Even now, as he's reading in the synagogue where he had gone to many times, because this is his hometown. They know him there. He's been to the synagogue many times. He's probably read there many times. But now there's something different about him. That's why everybody's staring at him. Wow, what is this? What is going on? He looks different. He talks different. Something is different. What is the difference? What is it that we recognize? We can't see it, but we can feel it. But there's something different there. What is it? It's the anointing. And everyone was marveled at his words. Amen. And then they begin to try and rationalize. But isn't this Joseph's son? I mean, we know him, right? So this is a problem. When you try to see the things in the natural, you'll miss out on the supernatural. Later on, he came back to Nazareth. And the Bible says he could do no mighty works. Why? Because they tried to throw him off of a cliff. They were upset and offended with him, what he said. And they wanted to try him 
try to throw him off of a cliff. They were offended that he said that he was the anointed one. So when he came back to Nazareth later on, Bible says he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief, except he could heal a few minor ailments, maybe an ingrown toenail or a headache. But he was not able to do any, many, any mighty miracles or mighty works because of their unbelief, so he left the town. He shook the dust off of his feet, and he went around him out preaching in the other towns. And people missed their time of visitation, their opportunity for the supernatural because they regarded him in the natural. If you're focused on the natural, you'll miss the supernatural. Too many are focused on the natural. That's why they can never enter in and receive from the supernatural or experience the supernatural. There is a choice. You're either going to live in the natural or the supernatural. Which one is it going to be? Those that regarded the supernatural anointing on Jesus came by the thousands, by the hundreds, and they were healed. Those who did not recognize it were offended with him. They criticized him. They mocked him. They attacked him. They even killed him because they wanted to crucify him, the same religious people. So religious people don't have any understanding of the anointing because they're so focused on the natural. And anytime anything supernatural happens, all of a sudden it's the devil. Everything supernatural is the, is the devil now. Oh, you mean God can't do anything supernatural? You mean a, 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 an angel that he created can do supernatural things, but God can't do anything supernatural? Are you kidding me? So anytime there's something supernatural happening, then all of a sudden it's the devil, it's the devil, it's the devil. And they're ready to attack and criticize. That's how religious people are. They don't have an understanding of the anointing. But it, it's not that hard to understand the anointing. The anointing comes for a purpose. The anointing always and always manifest for a purpose the anointing never manifests just so that you can oh say hey man that was great oh wow we saw something great or Ooh, i got some goosebumps oh i felt great no no the anointing always has a purpose attached to it every time the holy spirit manifests the anointing is released the anointing is active there is always a purpose go to the next chapter luke chapter 5 Verse 17, now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present, or we can say the healing anointing was made manifest to heal people. There was an anointing to do what? To heal. There's an anointing to preach. There's an anointing to teach. There's an anointing to heal. There's an anointing to prosper. It is he who gives you power to create wealth. You cannot prosper without the anointing. If you try to prosper without the anointing, you'll go the way of the world and you'll go into sin. And as the Bible says and Paul says in his letter, to Timothy, and he warns us, he says, those that desire to be rich in this world. See, he's not talking about those that desire to be rich only. And because people pull that scripture and say, oh, look, see, see, it, it's not good to be rich. No, no, he says, those that desire to be rich, to be rich, to be rich in this world, or according to the world system, have given themselves over to many temptations and pierced themselves with many sorrows. So, See, the temptation comes in the world system. So if you try to be rich, 
or acquire wealth according to the world system, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to end up going to hell. But there is a godly way to prosper. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes one rich. So you can see that God is not against us being rich. It is how we become rich. If you become rich by the anointing, it is he who gives you the power to create wealth because he has a covenant with you that he wants to establish. And that means you have a covenant of prosperity. You have a covenant of salvation. You have a covenant of healing. You have a covenant of eternal life. You have a covenant of abundant life. These are all parts of the covenant. He has made a covenant. We are people of covenant. That means we have rights under our covenant. Things that are promised to us. Things that are guaranteed to us. Because God swore by his own name. That's what it means to make a covenant. And the funny thing about this covenant is there are two parties and he is the powerful one and we are the weak ones. So it's not even an equal covenant. So he says, I give you power. I have a covenant of prosperity for you and I give you the power, my power <laughs> for you to prosper because you can't do it. So I promise you prosperity and then I give you my power to prosper you. I give you the anointing to prosper. Amen. So now you have to understand that the anointing has to be functioning. It has to be activated. It has to be manifesting. So for you to prosper by the anointing, that means that anointing has to be at work. It, that's not meaning that you sit there and the money is going to fall on you. He gives you the power to create wealth. You have to make it happen. Make wealth or create wealth. You have to work with the anointing. You have to function. Just like I'm working right now, I'm preaching. I'm preaching, I'm ministering. And I'm putting the anointing to work. The anointing is working. Amen. You have to do something with this anointing. He'll, then the anointing will also what? Teach you. Go with me to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Verse 20, he is another function of the anointing. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Okay, the Holy Spirit. He's the all-powerful one. He has all power, and he gives you power to heal the sick, Cast out devils, create wealth, preach, prophesy, teach, minister, function. Amen? Amen? So the power is there by the Holy Spirit because He's omnipotent, all-powerful. And He shares some of His power with you. You don't have all of the power. You don't have everything. I mean, you know, Jesus had everything. Jesus had the anointing without measure because He spoke the Word of God. But because He was the apostle, He was the prophet, he was the evangelist. He was the pastor. He was a teacher. He had the fullness of the measure of the anointing. And then the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4 that when he went on high, he took his anointing and he distributed, gave to different ones by his grace different gifts. Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teacher. So the different gifts and the different measures of anointing have been measured out and distributed to each, each one 
according to the grace of God. So everyone carries different special anointings. And then everyone carries general anointing. Everyone can speak in tongues. Everyone can prophesy. Everyone can lay hands on the sick, they recover. Amen. So there are the anointings for believers that everyone can function in by the, as a by result of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. But then there are different unique anointings. Some he anoints for music. Some he anoints to teach. Some he anoints to prophesy. Some he anoints to be a doctor. Some he anoints to be a businessman. Some he anoints to be an evangelist. Some he anoints to be a pastor. Some, is a, some are traveling ministers. Others are more local. Some are functioning in both. I do both. I mean, I'm functioning in pastor, evangelist. So I travel and I'm local. I mean, it's just different. There are different functions of the anointing, different gifts, different callings. Amen. So whatever God calls you to do, he will anoint you to what? To fulfill the calling, to fulfill the mission. Amen. So the anointing right here says that you know all things. That means what is that? Because, Jesus, uh, because the Holy Spirit is also all-knowing. He's omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipresent, everywhere, but not necessarily manifesting His presence. Amen? At that time, we just read, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So the anointing was now manifesting for what? Healing. People could have got healed. Everyone that day could have got healed, including the Pharisees and the doctors of the law, but they were not healed. Because they were criticizing what was going on. But those that came out from all those different towns, Galilee and Judea, they came, the sick were healed. And if you read it, it says all that were sick were healed. Everyone that was sick that was healed. It's always all and everyone. But what was the requirement? They had to come to Jesus. Everyone that came to Jesus was healed. If they didn't come to Jesus, even though the healing power was there manifested, they were not healed. They had to come by faith. To receive, put a demand on the anointing and to receive from it. Omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. The Holy Spirit knows or sees all things. How would you like to have a partner who knows all things? Who's in business here? If you're going to have a partner in business, make sure that God is your major senior partner. Make God the partner of your business. Make sure that he makes all the decisions. You don't make the decisions. He makes the decisions. And you just, you're like the junior partner. Whatever. Let him be the CEO, the CFO. Amen. You just be the usher. I mean, I'm, I just be the usher. It's better. It's easier. It's less pressure on you. Some guys crack on the all the pressure of their business because they, they think they have to carry all of it. You don't have to carry the weight. Let God carry the thing. And then tithe from your business, the income of your business, and tithe personally. So if you're in business, you should be double tithing. Very similar to what we do. I mean, I manage, obviously, you know, we manage a ministry account. So we're tithing from the ministry account. And I personally tithe with my personal income. So I'm like double tithing. Making sure that all the tithes are properly distributed and given and whatever. But that's all, only the minimum. So we give above and beyond that. If you're in business, make sure you tithe from your business. And then you should be taking an income from your business. And then tithing from that also. And that's going to help some of you because that's, what, that's been the limitation with you. You're, because you can't treat the, all the money that comes into the business as your personal money. You have to budget a salary for yourself. And then you have to budget to 
cover the overhead of your business and then even some savings or investing into the growth of your business, whatever, everything. And I think we need to do some stuff to teach you guys these things. And I offered to do that before, but nobody showed up. So, I mean. <laughs> but then when I say, who wants to prosper? Everybody's jumping up. Because they're just waiting for something to fall on them, and boom, it happens. You have to put this to work. You have to apply the anointing. You have to, it's a daily walk of wisdom, strategy, work, hard work, even harder work. Amen. Paul said, I've labored more than all of the apostles because of the grace that was given to me so that the grace of God would not be in vain. He says, I labored, I worked hard. I mean, the guy almost worked himself to death. Literally, I mean, you know, they tried to kill him. He worked so hard preaching the gospel, they stoned him and left him for dead. You know, so it's not going to be easy. Amen. Everybody wants to be an apostle, but nobody wants to be stoned and left for dead. Hello. One of the signs of the apostle is all the persecution and the patience. I was reading one day and the Lord spoke to me. One of the signs of the apostle is patience, enduring a lot of hardship patiently for years and years and years. That's one of the signs of the apostle. Everybody wants the glory of being an apostle. Have a business card, apostle, do that, apostle, whatever. But nobody wants to go through the hardship. Because you're building something that, where no one's been. And it's going to take time. It's going to take years. It's going to take plowing and plowing and plowing sometimes before you can start sowing. I mean, we're in the 15th year, and our Bible school is probably in the best shape. It's been after 15 years. I mean, isn't that crazy? It feels like it felt like we just started over again, like a reboot. What have we been doing for 15 years? Preparation. <laughs> Preparation for the next, next level. So everything you've been doing up till now is just preparation. You've just been preparing for the next thing. This is not it. So you have to enjoy the process. Enjoy every day. Enjoy every level. Because everybody's trying to get somewhere, and if I could just get there, and if I just could have that, then I'll be happy. But what about all the time in between? How, what if it takes 25 years? Are you going to be miserable for 25 years? You're going to be a, just a big jerk? You're going to just be a big jerk to everybody for 25 years? I'm waiting. One day, when it happens, I'll finally be happy. No, you won't. You won't be happy. Because when you finally, if you finally do get there, you still won't be happy with the results. You'll still complain because you built a lifestyle of complaining. It's not going to change overnight what's on the inside of you. So you better make sure it changes now that you're happy and joyful with whatever you're going through right now. Because the anointing only functions if you're joyful. Because it's the oil of joy. You know, under the old covenant, you were not even allowed to operate in ministry in the temple if you were depressed. The priest had to be joyful. They had to serve God with gladness of heart. Some people are serving God, but they're not glad. They're mad. <laughs> they're mad at everybody. I'm doing this for God. Nobody's helping me. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> 
Hallelujah. So you know all things. That means you can have inside information. You can know. You can know things by the Spirit. No one knows. You can know things. You can receive strategies. You can receive wisdom. You can receive daily divine guidance. When you don't know what to do, you'll know what to do. Pray, pray, pray. Wait on the Lord. Ask God. Be led by the Spirit. I taught about how to be led by the Spirit last week. The inner voice of the Spirit. The inner witness of the Spirit. The peace that guides you on the inside. The peace that is the umpire in your heart. Be led with peace. Amen. There's no peace. Don't do it. Don't rush into anything. And if you're not sure, get some confirmation. Make sure that you have surrounded yourself with the right people that have enough spiritual maturity that can speak into your life. There's, there are people that have nobody that speaks into their life. I, have, I know some minister friends. Nobody can speak to them. They know everything. Oh, great. You're the second coming of Jesus then. Okay. We just, all right, Jesus has come back already. That's it. We must be in the millennium. All right. I mean, you know, you have to be accountable. And yet there has to be people in your life that will speak into your life. Make sure that there's people that can speak into your life and get some confirmation. Double, triple confirmation. Let, at the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Amen. And, and don't just ask anybody off the street. And don't post it on Facebook asking people's opinion. I'm, make, I'm about to make a critical decision that can, that can alter my destiny. <laughs> Comment below. You post some very significant life-changing message, you get like two comments and three likes. You post a picture of some stupid dog on the street, you get 300 likes and 50 comments. That's, what, that's where people are at. That's where people are at spiritually. So that should be an indication to you. Put a stupid picture of you licking ice cream, you'll get 300 likes and 500 comments. That's how people are. <laughs> That's how it goes. You can know all things because of the Holy One in you. And then verse 27, same 1 John 2, 27. But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. That doesn't mean you don't come to church. I don't need a pastor. I read my own Bible. I got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> Stay home, you ugly thing. We don't want to see you here if you're going to be. That's going to be your attitude. It's not what it's talking about here. 
See, I don't need to come to Bible school. It's not the teaching it's talking about. It's the individual guidance of the Holy Spirit. He'll guide you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, this is the affairs of life, all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So the anointing is a spirit of truth and will confirm truth. Here's how you apply it. If somebody's talking rubbish to you, somebody talking a lie, the spirit of truth on the inside of you will tell you that's not the truth. That's not the truth. I was reading in a book by Kenneth E. Hagan some years ago, and this was years and years ago when he was pastoring, and this evangelist came into town holding a tent crusade, but he was preaching false doctrine. He was preaching rubbish. And uh, a lot of people were not happy, and one of his pastor friends from the town said, you know, I'm going to warn everybody in my church not to go there. That's the last thing you should do. You tell them not to go there, they're all going to go there. <laughs> Don't go down to that tent. Everybody went down to that tent. <laughs> Brother Hagen, he didn't do that. He just opened his book, and the guy was there holding extended meetings, calling a revival weeks and weeks or whatever. He just taught the people how to be led by the Spirit. He taught his people how to be led by the Spirit. The whole congregation, he... Put the word in them. And then he knew that a few folks from his church were going down there. He didn't say anything. He just kept teaching them. Put the word in them. Teach them how to be led by the Spirit, how to hear the voice of the Spirit. The Spirit of truth on the inside of you abides in you. will teach you all things. And it's not a spirit of error. And so if there's error, then you will know. And then one by one, individuals, unbeknownst to one another, start to come up to him. Say, Pastor... I went down to that tent. That guy is preaching stuff. Ugh, I felt sick in my stomach. I felt sick in here. The Holy Ghost warned me. I'm not going back there again. I just wanted to let you know. He said, bless you, sister. Bless you. Went on. Another guy came and said, Pastor, I went down to that tent down there. Man, everybody's packing it up. But that guy is something wrong with him. I'm not going back there. The Holy Spirit warned me. Bless you, brother. Bless you. And then several people like that. And the whole thing was dealt with. And the friend, his friend. That the other pastor stood up and said, don't go down there. Lost half of his congregation. Because all he did was criticize, attack, whatever, and just trying to expose the guy instead of putting the word in the people. People have the word, and they have the Holy Spirit. They don't need to be controlled and always told what to do. That's what I tell people. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You make your own decisions. I'll warn you. I'll... Share some things that I know that might help you. Maybe there are some things that you don't know. Let me tell you what's going on here. And here's what the word says, but you make your own decision. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Because if I talk you into it, somebody else is going to talk you out of it. Make sure that it's the Holy Ghost that talks you into it, and then you know that it's the Lord that's leading you, and then you have the peace of God to do it. If you don't, then don't do it. Amen. But we're not going to manipulate people, put fear into people. If you do that, curse is going to come upon you. <laughs> I'll pull my pastoral authority, smack you on the head with it. 
And I mean, some people, they're, they're, they're in fear. They can't leave their denomination. They can't go do anything. They're, they're just totally bound by fear because they think if they leave the denomination, they're going to go to hell. I kid you not. It's absolutely the truth. They, they got the denomination the logo tattooed on their behind. And they can't leave. And they're miserable sitting there knowing things are not right. I mean, if you heard some of the crazy things we hear, oh my God. Unbelievable stuff is going on. A lady... A lady had visited, I guess, and at the church, and so Pastor Gavil had called her. Listen to this. Pastor Gavil had called her and then said, how are you doing? How can we pray for you? And the pastoral follow-up we do, you know, every week with everybody. And so she said, you know, can you come, you know, visit me, whatever? And Pastor Gavil said, no, you're a woman. I'm not going to visit you in your house. She was shocked. And he said, if I ever come, my wife will, will be with me. Or if there's other people there, that's the only time I will come. And so she kept calling, will you come, will you come? Like two, three times. And he says, I'm not coming. You're a woman. I'm a man. I don't come. We don't, because that's our policy. We do not spend time alone with other women. You will never see me alone with another woman, ever. If I'm ever in the office there, that's why there's a window. The curtain will be open so everybody can see what's going on. But most of the time, if I'm ever talking to another woman counseling, either the door's open, there's other people in the room, or my wife is with me. You will never find me alone with another woman, ever. <laughs> That's a part of ministerial ethics and its safety and everything else. All right? Now get this. So finally, Pastor Gavil went there. There was three or four other people in the house. And then she said, you know, I'm shocked. It just proves to me what you've done. You're a man of God. He said, because another pastor from another church came and we were in the room together. He tried to undress me. So these are the things we hear about and we have to deal with. I mean, and that guy's preaching somewhere today. And people are sitting there listening to some guy who's trying to undress women. I mean, this is the stuff that's going on. This is the reality. Of, this is the truth of the matter. Another guy coming to a, a dunamis told Pastor David, one of the elders of the church he goes to, he pulled out a joint. Would you smoke this joint with me? This guy, and this guy's an elder in a church, smoking joints and probably leading prayer, opening prayer or closing prayer or whatever prayer. <laughs> That's got to be some interesting prayer. The things that go on. I'm sorry for being the one having to expose the things in the church, you know. But I'm not going to stand here and tell you all is well. Amen. When all is not well. And you have to expose these things because people have to, have to know the truth. So if you're going to operate by the truth, remember the Holy Spirit is in you. We're not going to control people. We're not going to tell people what to do. Because everybody's going to have to stand before God and give an account personally for what they have done and what they've said and everything. Our job is just to try to guide the people, shepherd the people, 
feed the flock, protect the flock, amen, and just, you know, take them by still water so they can drink. But, you know, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make the horse drink. So if they don't want to drink, I'm not going to take and shove their head in the water and you drink now. I mean, you know. Some people are still stuck on the joint thing. you're going to get high, get high on the most high. If you're going to drink, drink the new wine of the Holy Ghost. I mean, all the time. I mean, preachers attack me for the joy in our meetings, but the same guys are getting drunk on Saturday nights, drinking all kinds of alcohol, and putting it on Facebook, pastors. And the church members commenting, oh, I missed out on a good time. <laughs> Jesus. That Facebook can be a curse. And it's just amazing how everything that's hidden shall be open. And Facebook has a good way of... Be careful what you post there. Well, I mean, I don't even know what to say. I'm not saying do stuff and hide it, but... Jeez. You know what I mean. You know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Hallelujah. Understanding the anointing. Understanding that the anointing is not just something that happens in a service. You can't just limit the anointing to what happens on a Sunday for a few hours. And, and most places, that doesn't even happen. But the anointing is what you live with. It abides in you. Holy Spirit in you, leading you and guiding you. Manifesting through your life, in your words, in your actions, in your deeds. Guiding your steps, empowering you. Protecting you. If you protect the anointing, the anointing will protect you. If you make room for the anointing, the anointing will make room for you. Amen? And so there are different anointings. There are general anointings that everyone can function in. And then there are unique anointings for each individual. Custom fit. It's like a custom fit suit, you know, it fits perfectly. Custom made for you. God custom made it for you. And you fit right into it. It's like a hand in a glove. I mean, and it, and it flows. You flow in it so well because it's custom fit for you. You can't function in somebody else's anointing. You can't try to go to war with Saul's armor. And there are too many people trying to copy and imitate others. They look at this big shot, big name preacher, and they got to wear the same suit, walk the same way, talk the same way, and, and they think that that's going to release the anointing, and it's not. You're just, in, you're just a fake, really. You're like the fake Rolex we can buy for 100 lira on the street. 
You're not the Rolex, you're the fake. Thing lasts like four days. Your ministry is going to last about four days. Be you, be real. I don't come here to try to put something on. The moment I stepped in the pulpit, you saw me. I'm just walking around talking to you like I always do. Because this is who I am. I'm, this is the real me. This is what you get. I'm not going to fake anything. I'm not going to shout, spit, wave my arms just so that people can think I'm anointed and hype things up. It's either there or it's not. You can whisper and still be anointed. It's just the reality, the truth. And when you are true to yourself, then the Holy Spirit will be true to you. So if you're a, if you're a hypocrite, some fake person, then the Holy Spirit's not going to anoint anything fake. So be real, be you. Amen. Like your hair, like your nose. Don't try to change. Okay, you can change your hair, but don't change your nose. Or the lack of it. Some of you guys. Now you get a nice marker for the rest of your life. But that's when I, my first encounter with snow. See, when you've had an encounter, it, it leaves a mark on you. When, you finally, when you've had a real encounter. And Iraqi comes and sees snow for the first time. And, whoa, and then boom. You don't do that. Now you know. You don't run around out there. <laughs> Whee, snow. Boom. Ah. Oh. <laughs> An African in snow. Ah. <laughs> That's like me in the jungle with lions. Hallelujah. Now, a fin with snow, it's like, you know, second nature. I mean, the moment they're born, they take them and throw them in the snow. I mean, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody here today? All right, okay. So, understanding the anointing. Understand that the anointing makes you better at whatever God's called you to do you'll be the best you with the anointing without the anointing you'll be the worst you and you don't want that who wants to be the best best you that you can be and the anointing makes you a better student better husband better wife better preacher believe it or not some preachers really need to hear that but better at, better at everything, you know. <laughs> a better businessman. But if it's not working, if it, look, if the anointing is not working on a daily basis, then how do you expect the, the anointing to work in the pulpit? You know, if your marriage isn't working, then your ministry is not going to be working. And some people don't want to hear that. Amen. If you don't have a working marriage, you, not, you don't have a working ministry. You can preach all you want. You can claim all you want. But you got to go and fix whatever needs to be fixed. Priorities. Amen? 
if it's not working in your personal life, if you don't have it on a Monday morning, if you don't have it on a Tuesday night when you're alone with God, amen, then you don't have it. What you have is just something temporary. But you got to stay in this thing and learn how to walk in the anointing. And this is, this is very important that you can learn this. Now, that's one part I can't necessarily teach you because you have to experience that. I can give you the principles, but you have to put those principles into practice on a daily basis. The Holy Spirit will help you. He's your helper. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to walk with you. Help me to hear your voice. Help me to, to understand. When you speak, help me, and he will help you. So the, these are the practical things on a daily basis that only you can walk out. I can't be there with you. I can give you the principles, just like me. I learned the principles, and I'm still learning, and I'm still growing in this thing. I mean, nobody has arrived. Have I missed it? Yeah. Have, I, have, have there been times that I thought I heard from God and it wasn't him? Yes, absolutely. I'll tell you that right now. Some men of God will never tell you that. They're perfect. I'm not. But Jesus, after his resurrection, he, even though he had a perfect body, he showed his wounds. He still kept the wounds. He showed his wounds to the, to the disciples. So I've got some wounds in my life. I'll show them to you. And it's okay. It's okay. So you don't, it's not about being perfect. You can miss it. Just make sure that if you miss it, you recognize it. You repent. Ask God to forgive you and continue. Lord, I didn't get that right. Help me to get it right. And there's grace for that. I mean, if you are willing to change, then there is always grace. The grace is not going to work for those that are so proud that they're perfect. They don't ever want to admit their mistake. I'm just perfect. I'm just... And God's going to resist the proud. But he's going to give grace to the humble. So if you humble yourself and just know, hey, okay, you know what? Sorry about that. And just be, on, just be genuine. Be real. Be real with yourself. Be real with others. Don't try to fake something. Don't put on something that you're not. Amen. And then you will see the anointing work in your life. Amen. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.